When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Where you go? Live show, part of AuburnLive.com on 3 Sports Network. Appreciate everybody for joining us. We are back with the one and only Rob Pate, who is a longtime friend, contributor of the site, is going to be with us all year writing. Uh, and uh, his his weekly columns, and of course, part of the show as well. Um, Rob, what's up? How was your summer? Summer was great. It's been busy. Um, a lot of volleyball, a lot of AAU basketball, which is uh, man, there's a, that, that's cruel punishment. That's that's if if you don't know the Lord um, and you end up in hell, I've got to believe that there's some kind of AAU basketball tournament being played in hell at at infinitum. Um, that is uh, that is unbelievable. Um, but uh, daughter got engaged. Um, I got a my, my oldest oldest daughter is a senior at Auburn now. I've only got one more payment to make to the university, and I'll be free and clear there. So, uh, and then my other daughter uh, is going to play volleyball at East Carolina. So uh, she's she's she, she's a rising senior at the high school, but uh, she committed to to the Pirates. So uh, you know we'll be making a lot of trips to Greenville, North Carolina soon. That sounds exhausting. Um, <laughs> East Carolina, by the way, that's I've never been there, but I mean that's a that's a cool area. Right? That's a nice campus, if I if I've heard correctly, right? That's a, that's a yeah, it state. is, it is. It's yeah. uh, you know, it's it's hard to get to. It's probably an hour and a half from just about everything. Flying to Raleigh and and uh, and then you know drive about an hour and a half east. But yeah, it honestly reminded us a lot of Auburn. Uh, had a neat little downtown. Had about a hundred thousand people. I'm in the city. Um, close to 25,000 undergraduate students, um, great facilities. Uh, and there's a lot of Auburn uh, tie-ins, you know, that's where Pat Dye was, that's where Hal Baird was. Um, and so they take their athletics seriously. They play in a tough conference for, uh, for volleyball. They're in the American Conference, um, which is being jostled around a little bit because of the, uh, uh, the Big 12. But uh, yeah, yeah, she's excited. It's going to be a good fit. And uh, she, she really felt at home. They recruited her really well. All right, let's get into this. Um, Auburn football uh, getting cranked back up. Uh, fall camp starting up on Friday. They practice Friday. They report Thursday. Um, and so we'll have full coverage of that at auburnlive.com. Um, man, I feel like it, it. there hasn't even been an offseason barely. Um, yeah. It's just been weird. I mean, we were covering coaching changes, you know, a week out from spring ball or two weeks out from spring ball and then spring happens. And then, uh, you know, really you just had the summer that felt like that went by quick. And then now here we are, it's, it's just been a, um, I guess the all season was more hectic than, than usual. Um, so we're entering year two, right? So we did media days in Atlanta, um, a week or two ago. We know the storyline out of that, right? Brian Harson coming out and saying, you know, the coup didn't work. Um, we have people picking Auburn, the media picks Auburn last in the division. I've seen people predict Auburn to win eight games. I've seen people predict Auburn to win four games. 
mm-hmm. um, kind of all over the place. Expectations outside of the program are, are low. Um, so where do you start when, when you're thinking about fall camps beginning, what this season could be? Um, like, where do you even begin to sort of figure out, okay, what, what do I want to see on the field? Is Harson's job in trouble? Like, there's so many angles and so many variables, I think, that are affecting uh, this season and, and, and affecting, you know, the outcome. And there's a lot of questions, and all those questions can be answered a lot of different ways. So, like, where do you even start? I think that, uh, you know, I, I start with, well, what did we see last year? I mean, what, how did these guys compete, and what did the initial Brian Harson um, you know, era look like. And, you know, at the beginning, I think that there were a lot of really good things, a lot of positives. And uh, these guys really fought hard and won some games and had, a, you know, we're in a position right there in October to uh, to make it a, um, a really good season. Um, the way they finished was not ideal, obviously. I mean, you know, for somebody that came in and preached finishing as kind of his calling card and then to finish with five straight losses, you know, mm-hmm. you just can't have that. And I think that's what led to all of the upheaval. And so in a lot of ways, you know, he can, he can, uh, Coach Harson has to, to look in the mirror and know that a lot of that was self-inflicted. Uh, now, to his credit, he lost his quarterback, okay? I mean, mm-hmm. you don't lose your quarterback in this league, and, and that just goes unnoticed. I mean, that, that's going to leave a, a huge hole. And that was a big issue. I mean, Auburn's offense totally changed um, when, when Bo Nix went down and we just did not get the production that we needed to win football games. That being said, that team could have won every game they played. I know they didn't. And you can't sit here and go back and say, you know, well, what could have, should have. I mean, they could have lost the Georgia State game. I, I get it. Um, but that's telling to me that even when these guys were outmanned um, against the Alabamas, um, you know, some of the other close games that, that, that they lost. They, they, could have, they could have won just about every game they played minus the Georgia game. And I think mm-hmm. that, that's, that that means a lot for a first-year coach. Here's the biggest thing. In my time when I played and just watching teams um, in this league, year one to year two is where you see the biggest jump. When a new coach comes in and takes over and, and, and has to put in a new philosophy, establish a new culture, um, working with, uh, you know, implementing offensive and defensive schemes. Quarterback play tends to take a step up that next year when there's a better understanding of what's uh, trying to be done. So this team's got all the pieces in place to make it happen. The way their schedule sets up um, with uh, five straight home games, with a quarterback that has veteran experience in this conference, with an offensive line and a defensive line that I think can compete with anybody. And, and I think that's the aspect that gets lost in all of this is that Auburn's never going to get the benefit of the doubt up front, the way that we've recruited um, up front um, and just Auburn in general being sandwiched between Alabama and Georgia. People are always going to cast a, a um, you know, an eye towards Auburn that just seems like uh, they, they're just not a team that I want to elevate until I see it on the field. LSU doesn't deal with that. Um, Arkansas right now is getting the benefit of the doubt. Even the Mississippi schools are getting the benefit of the doubt, in large part because the media likes their coaches. I mean, yeah, that's honestly what well. it is. But uh, Auburn's going to be good up front, and that's where it's won and lost. I, I, I know that we've got some question marks in the secondary. I know we need a playmaker, wide receiver. But if you can do well and, and not lose games in the trenches, 
then you're going to be around to win all of them. And uh, uh, they'll be much better up front. And, and I think that's why you have the quiet confidence that's taking place with the people inside of the program, not because these guys are world beaters, but because th these guys have played a ton of football and they've got a ton of continuity. And if there's one place you can ill afford to not know what the guy next to you is doing, it's on that offensive line. And, uh, you know, they, they played a lot of football together. Yeah, I think – so you said something um, that I've been thinking about for a couple of months. Um, and, and it's – so we we're, we can talk about the team a little bit. I do want to do that. But, I, but you said something that I want to just go ahead and talk about, which is where exactly is this – are these low, low, low expectations coming from? Like I get the mm -hmm. question marks Auburn has. But there's some stuff being said and written about Auburn that seemed to me to be – a little bit too far in terms of, um, I mean, there's people like saying that they'll be lucky to win six. And there's just some stuff that I'm thinking, if you really look at the roster, I'm not sure, like that seems like it's going too far. I'm trying to figure out when I see people say they're going to win four games, when I see people predict Auburn to win, uh, to, to be last in the division, and you bring yeah. up a good point. Um, there's a bunch of schools getting the bit. Think about Tennessee, South Carolina, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, um, LSU, <coughs> excuse me, bless you. Um, every every one of those schools is getting is getting the pot has has some type of positive hype. Whether it's the coach is funny on Twitter, whether it's NIL, South Carolina gets Spencer Rattler. Like there's mm -hmm. something that the media has attached itself to, and for Auburn, it's it's been all negative. You lose five in a row. You have the Harson yeah. drama. And then you have recruiting, which is very slow right now. And so I, I've thought about this last couple of months, and I really, really believe that there's just a bunch of there's a bunch of negativity in people's minds about Auburn that's that's seeping its way into the prediction for the season. And I don't think yeah. that they're the same. I think that when you look at Auburn and the roster and the the schedule, which is, is really hard, but you do start off with five in a row, so that at least gives you an opportunity to build some confidence. Um, and, to, and to get off to a good start. Um, I think if you just take that by itself, I think that the expectations for Auburn would be different. But people are letting the, the, the maybe their negative thoughts. I mean, you could, look, I could go all the way back to how the media viewed Harson and COVID. All yeah. of that stuff is still in their mind about what maybe what they think about him or the program or whatever. Um, and it's just affecting how they're, I think, how they're looking at this team a little bit. Um, and so I, I definitely that's why I think they're just I mean, I think what Vegas is predicting five and a half wins for Auburn, maybe six, yeah. something like that. Um, I mean, five and a half, that's they're going to go over that. So um, anyway, I, I think that's been an interesting thing to watch where Auburn's predicted and what's going into that. I think there's a lot of outside stuff that's that's affecting people and how they're looking at it, combined with a bunch of positive hype around um Mississippi State with Will Rogers coming back, Ole Miss with Lane yeah. Kiffin and all that hype. Arkansas and Sam Pittman has a quarterback coming back, and they win eight games. Tennessee's, yeah. you know, their offense was fantastic last year. They're doing good things in NIL, and they have a quarterback coming back. Um, and so there's there's positive things to look at to to create hype around all these middling kind of middle programs. And then because of that, Auburn now is just being placed behind this group where in the past. In the past, Auburn would get the benefit of the doubt over Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Arkansas, Kentucky. Like Auburn would be above all those teams, um, but mm -hmm. the SEC become tougher, 
and Auburn took a step back and then all the drama. And so the next thing you know, now you got Auburn being positioned behind all these teams that are in the middle. Yeah. Um, and it's just an interesting dynamic. I think saying that it's a massive, massive year for Auburn football. I mean, I don't want to overstate it because I do think with NIL and the transfer portal, you can make up ground quicker plus recruiting. You know I mean? There's more opportunities to go get an impact player um, with, with, with NIL. Hey, let, we, we need somebody. Let's go get this guy or, or the transfer portal um, and the same thing. NIL comes into play there, but it is a massive year for Auburn football. When you look at the positive momentum around some of these programs in the middle of the league, and where mm-hmm. Auburn's at, um, and, and 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 kind of where people are looking about Brian Harson, and it's just a it's just a really important year. And I don't know if that means that Harson has to be uh, have have a fantastic year and write the ship. I don't know if that means I, I I don't know what it means. I just know that this year, one way or another, Auburn can't lose ground. I don't know. I yeah. mean, people could look at that and say, well, hey, let's just get a new coach after this year. Maybe that's yeah. not losing. I don't know, but it's just a, it's just, it feels like a very pivotal year for Auburn football with everything going on and where Auburn's at. It, it just feels really significant. I mean, does it, am I? Am it, I it is. I no, I mean, it, it, it is significant because you're, you're at a, you're at a precipice right now where it could go either way. And, you know, I, you, you said it as far as, you know, a lot of, it's all perception. So yeah. much of its perception built off of the things that you named, the recruiting, you know, that hasn't been spectacular. It hasn't been bad. It just hasn't been as good as the, our neighbors. Um, the uh, the coaching upheaval and the things that went on with uh, with the boosters and the administration. Um, I, I think people just see disarray. They see mediocrity. Um, and uh, they wonder if Brian Harson is even a cultural fit, if he's accepted here at Auburn, what type of culture is he? Do the people that that have to make the big decisions with money and involvement in you know keeping players on campus and getting players to campus do they even support Brian Harson's program enough to make that happen? So they see all that. Plus Auburn lost its quarterback, and it looks like a total implosion. But but even at that, Justin, I mean, all the teams that you just named that are those middling programs fighting to work their way towards the top of the West, Auburn beat all of them last year. I mean, they beat LSU, they beat Arkansas, they beat Ole Miss, they beat two of them on the road, they and they were up by four scores. The Mississippi State, lead to Mississippi State, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, and so it's it that that's kind of the hard part about being an Auburn fan is that you got to have a stiff neck, you've got to understand that the people in this state and the people to the state next door are going to write divisive after divisive columns and and and, and things about your program because it sells papers, and 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 you're you're a whipping boy for. Um, for two big states that enjoy the football to the to the you know to the points that they do, um, and and Auburn is looked at as uh, you know a program that needs to be belittled and, and put in their place, um, and so Auburn has to fight that perception locally. They have to fight that perception nationally, and uh, and and that makes it a difficult place to uh, to be a fan of and to uh, um, you know recruit kids in and, and maintain that level of continuity. Um, if you if you're not on the inside um, and seeing you know how uh, how it's all put together, so I think he's done a I think he's done a really good job, honestly, of 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 culture change. I mean, to 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 just flat out say it. I mean, he's he's got kids that when when he had as many guys as he did decide to come back and and play a 
fifth or sixth year of college football, that was eye-opening to me um, mm -hmm. because most of those guys don't do that. Several of those guys already have their career plans in place and could go out and, and start working and start their lives right now without going through the rigors of college football. They don't have to do it. Um, and they chose to because they see something in him that they admire and they believe in something that he's selling. And, uh, you know, so um, that, that is going to be important. That is the impetus that creates the, a culture change within your program. And uh, I think that that's going to be what pushes them in the right direction. I, you know, the recruiting will come. I, I, don't, I don't get as concerned about recruiting as most people do because I don't yeah. think it's as much about recruiting as it is roster management. You know, it's about filling holes and needs. And with the transfer portal, you can do that now almost better than you could with high school players. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I hate that as a parent, as a kid that just went through recruiting and, and to see coaches say, well, I'd rather have, a, you know, a kid that's already had two years in, in a college program. I get it. Uh, but at the same time, you go back and you look at Auburn's recruiting. And so often we wouldn't keep our top kids in, in the program long anyway. You know, yeah. or we'd have the sixth ranked class in the country and half of them would transfer out in, in a year or two. Um, so being able to bring guys in like a Zach Calzada, um, you know, guys that can come in and, and compete, you know, like the safety from uh, from Iowa State that came in. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they get Great edge job. guys like like Eku Leota. They get they get mm -hmm. the kid from uh, from Tennessee that's from down the road in Roanoke. You know, all those guys can uh, can come in and fill needs. And that's gotten to be just as important. And they've done a really good job in that in that realm. All right, so I, I think you and I are on the same page in terms of the first 22, Auburn's going to be competitive. They're, now, they're thin. Look, there's, I think the thing that could, that could implode this season is injuries. There's not a lot of positions where they can afford an injury. Like Derek Hall can't get hurt. Owen Papo yeah. can't get hurt. Tank Bigsby can't get hurt. Um, there's positions they just can't. If those guys get hurt, offensive line, there's, they've probably got seven, you know, but there's some key guys that can. So injuries could could implode the season really quickly. Um, having said that, I think first twenty two, we feel like Auburn's competitive enough to 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 be in a lot of these games and and have a a, a better season than people think. So we're entering fall camp. What do you want to see? What are the things you're watching out for? You mentioned culture change. I think we're on the same page there as well, and we've talked about that a lot at Auburn Live. The culture is definitely different. I mean, I've just I've yeah. talked to too many people at this point. Um, it's 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 unquestionably different um, in terms of the focus of the players, the attitude. It's just it's different. Now they gotta now you gotta go practice and win games. It only goes up to a point. We're at that point now where that's all great. Now mm -hmm. go do it. Like we're at that point to stop talking about culture change. It's a it's a foundation. It needed to happen, but but now you got to put it all together. What do you want to see in 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 fall camp? Like what are what are some yeah. of the storylines? Whether it's position battles, whether it's Something right. you want to hear from a coach? Like, what, what, what do you want to key on? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Uh, you know, the, the first thing is uh, I want to see development at linebacker. So I think that's going to be a, a huge issue for this defense to be able to solidify that middle linebacker presence. 
uh, to be the link from the front end to the back end. But we had tremendous play there over the last couple of years. Zacoby mm-hmm. McLean became one of my favorite players ever at Auburn just by the way that he totally abused his body, um, could care less about the repercussions of running into guys far bigger than he was and just came and played lights out. I don't ever remember the guy being injured and missing games. I mean, he was just an animal. Um, so trying to replace a guy with that type of production and uh, that type of uh, just leadership on the field, I think that's going to be hard. We've got young guys that, uh, that, uh, that, that can step into that role, and I, and I, and I honestly think you know, that, that's another roster development thing where you go get the guy from, from North Carolina, um, Asante Samuel, that comes in and has some experience and maybe can jump into to a role and provide some of that depth. But linebacker is going to be critical. Um, also, making sure you've got some safeties that uh, you feel like can uh, can, can mesh well. Um, in the secondary, I feel like we've got a really good group to pull from. You've got some some guys that have played a lot of football uh, at corner. You've got a safety that's played a lot of football. Um, you've got a young safety uh, or two that uh, that have all the athletic traits that you look for, the intangibles, the work ethic. Uh, they just don't have the experience, but you could bring along a safety. I mean, that's the least of my concerns from a defense um, trying to have safety play that, you know, that that, that can, I mean, I, I know from experience, you can come in and play early and get away with a safety as long as uh, he just plays smart. Um, and then the, probably the, the biggest thing is development at wide receiver. I mean, being able to have a guy that you can trust uh, on third down to get open, um, somebody that can, um, uh, just you can count on. You know, I feel like we've had too many critical drops. Uh, we've had uh, nobody to really fill that void uh, probably since uh, since Seth Williams left uh, and just need somebody to be able to uh, to take the reins there and be a true playmaker, a difference maker uh, for this Auburn offense. And, uh, you know, everything else I, I feel pretty good about. I mean, the line we already addressed on both sides, the quarterback play I think will probably be an improvement for what they want to do offensively. Um, the tight ends are loaded. Uh, the defensive front is loaded. Uh, and, uh, you know, the edge position, like you said, an injury or two could, could, be, could create havoc. So, um, you know, got to be smart with how they practice in the fall and make sure you get to game one healthy. Yeah, I mean, all the attention obviously is going to be on the quarterback battle. We know that. Um, I've, I've written on the site numerous times that, that I think Zach Calzada is, is a heavy favorite. For a lot of reasons, we'll see how it plays out. You know, he's got to win the job. Um, but I just think there's a lot of reasons why he's the heavy favorite. We'll see how it goes. I think if I had to point somewhere with this team, you mentioned linebacker. That's one for sure. I mean, I like the potential of Cam Riley. Um, Wesley Steiner's a really vocal, smart guy, kind of like a Deshaun Davis, a little undersized, maybe height-wise. But linebacker's one where you kind of want to see those guys, you know, make plays in, in the game. But – it really comes down. I think this team completely comes down to the offensive line. Um, yeah, they're a veteran group. But having said that, you know they're they were a, a good unit last year. They weren't they weren't anything special. I mean, yeah. against the better teams, you go look at Tank Bigsby's numbers against the Georgias and Alabama. They're not great. So that line has got to take all that experience, and they've got to take a next step in terms of production. Yeah, if they can do that. If they can become, if they can go from a, you know, pretty good unit to to, you know, if they can become like one of the top four units in the league, then that changes this team dramatically because yeah. that helps your receiver issue, right? So if you, if you don't have that playmaker at receiver, if that line is doing like that, you can run the ball a little bit more. It helps that you've got Tank. It opens him up. 
it, it helps your D like it just helps everything. If that unit can take the next step, if they're just pretty good again, um, then, then Auburn's going to be in a lot of these close games. If they can take the next step, I really think they can, you know, with Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter back there, and then you got tight ends, you can run play action. It, it really can elevate this team to another level that I'm not sure. I don't know that another position group can do that. I mean, like Zach Calzada is a good player. The offensive yeah. line to me is probably the most poised to make the biggest impact on this team if they take the next step. Yeah, and, and I think that the coaching staff has to do a better job this year of helping them take that next step. And I'm not talking about fundamentals and just getting stronger and just, you know, bullying guys around. I'm talking about just setting them up for success with the way they call a game. Yeah. Um, I thought that, that Mike Bobo could, uh, and, and, you know, he and Harson could, could mish, uh, mash an offense together and, and make that work. And it just never really came to fruition. Um, I'm hoping that the better continuity that these guys have, and, and and you 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 could see you could see this coming when Coach Harson announced his staff last year with the addition of all these guys that had coordinator experience that were kind of guys that he had in you know he had had previous experience with. Yeah, mm -hmm. we took two coordinators that had Georgia and Vanderbilt SEC experience, but we landed on two guys that are from you know his region, speak his language. Um, that he has a lot of comfort with. And, and so I hope that we see that um, come to fruition this fall. But, um, you know, in, in order for those guys to be able, the offensive line to be able to, uh, to, to, to get to the next level, we got to be able to pass the ball better. I mean, we got to be able to hit some of those deep shots. we got to mm -hmm. have a receiver, like we said, step up several of them to, uh, to keep the chains moving. Because you watch any of these, the teams that we would look at and say, well, these guys can run the ball. They've got great offensive lines. They, they, they can just pound it whenever they want to. They can, but, but not when everybody knows you're going to run it. I mean, right. that's why you get in these big games and, uh, you know, you stack the box. You're going to say, hey, I'm going to make you throw it to, 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 to beat me. And, you know, they do. They, they, they spread the defense out. They, they dink and dunk. They, they use misdirection. They use the bootlegs. They – they hide the ball. Um, they they make defenders run the length of the field, sideline to sideline, to tire them out, and uh, and then they start running the football and they mix it and and in with a uh, with a good solid passing attack. So, you know, we just have to be balanced and, and 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 properly use those tight ends and you know be able to get those guys in position to be successful because you're right, they're not going to be a group that just out dominates defensive fronts in this conference, uh, but they can be a group that you can. Uh, that you can win with if you play it smart. Yeah, I, I love the potential of Killian Zaire. I love the potential of Keandre Jones. I think those mm -hmm. two guys have got, you know, NFL ability. I think they've got ability, certainly in the SEC, they've got the ability to be really good, to be all SEC type players. They, Those are two guys I'm looking at um, that have got the size and athletic ability to take a next step and, and, and become guys that can uh, match yeah. people move people. Yeah. Zaire, I oh, think, yeah. is all the best pass blocker. Um, yeah, I think everybody else there is pretty solid. Those two, those stand out to me. And and maybe even see you got some young guys that could step up, like Cam Stutz <laughs> going to be competing. But Keandre Jones and Killian Zaire are two guys I'm looking at. If they step up and raise their level, the whole line raises their level of play. And you're right about, look at the, I mean, look at the games last year. Offensively, it's hard to not go back to the offensive line when you talk about the inconsistency. Look at the offensive uh, performance in the first half against Ole Miss and the second half. Look at Mississippi mm -hmm. State first half, second half. I mean, there's some of those games where 
they're just the inconsistency on offense, and it's hard to not point to the line as one of yeah. the big reasons why. They just they couldn't they couldn't sustain the same type of things all game. Once teams got used to it, okay, can we just run the ball? Can we? And it became it became tougher. Um, and so the line has got to sort of take that over and become consistent um, all the way through. What are your expectations for? You mentioned Schmetting and Keysaw. Those I think it's mm-hmm. like wildly Harson's gotten so much attention um, because of everything that's going on. Very little talk about Keysaw and Schmetting and like what what we can expect. And and even even when people talk about Auburn and the expectations, I don't get the sense that they're that they're thinking. Um, you know, negatively about Auburn because of Schmetti and Kiesel. Like, I think it's a whole bunch of other things that they're looking at. Um, we talk to them, you know, we'll talk to them as camp opens, but um, what are your thoughts on on those two guys taking it? We obviously know Harson's going to call a lot of plays. I mean, he, he, Harson's going to control that offense as much as Kiesel, but Schmetti coming over and coordinating the defense, uh, the two guys who haven't done it in the SEC. I mean, it's yeah. uh, it, you go from, like you said, a bunch of SEC guys to two coordinators who've never done it in the SEC, yeah. any concerns, or you think it's you think it'll be all right? Uh, you know, I from, from well, we'll start with Schmetting. I, I like Coach Schmetting. I think he's going to do fine. I, I see very little. Um, you know, the language and lingo will be the same. I don't think there's going to be a lot of um, um, you know things that these guys are going to have to take a step back from and, and reinstitute or go over or change. You know, their techniques. So that part is I think easy. Uh, he, he can adapt to what coach Mason had verbalized with these guys. And of course it's going to be his defense with his uh, fingerprints all over it. But I think that these guys, you're not going to see what happened at Mississippi, against Mississippi state happen again. All right. Um, where you just make no changes. You just can continue to rush three guys. I mean, I, he's yeah. going to bring some pressure and he's going to be multiple. And um, you know, I, all from all the uh, all the things that I read and hear from other coaches, he's extremely well thought of and a really smart um, defensive football coach. So I, I think that that part will be fine. Um, over with Coach Keesaw, uh, you know, all I can say about that is that I, I can only pray that my children's career path is up and to the right like this guy's has been over the course of the last. <laughs> couple of, of months. I mean, he yeah. goes from analyst to receivers coach to offensive coordinator, just like that. I mean, yeah. It's unbelievable. I mean, I, yeah. I, I pray that, uh, uh, that, that my children have that type of success. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know what to think about him. Honestly, I don't know much about him. Um, I, I never listened to any of the podcasts that, uh, that they put out. So I didn't, uh, I haven't heard him speak or his philosophy. Um, all, all I can go on is that uh, I, I'm hoping that the continuity that he shares with Coach Harson and the philosophical um, sameness that they have um, can just create a better identity for this offense and uh, can give uh, Zach Calzada uh, or whoever wins the job, you know, the belief and the, uh, the trust and, uh, you know, just set them up to, to be successful. But he seems like a, a smart guy. Um, you, you know, Brian Harson's banking on him because he, he needs to win a lot of football games this year. Um, so he must trust him and, and really think highly of him. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I think thinking back to what he was when he when he talked about Keysaw, I think he likes he praised Keysaw for, for being a really organized, detail oriented guy. And so maybe those two guys can come together and how Keysaw organizes his thoughts and coordinates the offense and things like that. Harson's more the play caller. And and you combine those two with with obviously they have a relationship and. 
it could be. And there's potential there for it to work really, really, really well. Yeah. Um, now I, I'll say I'll, I'll say this too, Justin. I, I think that I think Coach Harson's going to have to get better too in, in in-game decision making. All right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, you go back to you know how we finished that game at Penn State. You go back to hey, if I'm a head coach and I'm watching three guys rush Will Rogers for 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 nothing, and they're just zipping up and down on me, something changes yeah. there. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the decisions against Alabama, as far as when you go going for two or things like that, uh, to to uh, try to put that game away. Uh, you know, I think he's got to improve some. Uh, you know, with and, and I think that was a steep learning curve for him in this conference. But it's not just about recruiting for him that where where they have to make sure that you know they're not giving up ground. He he's going to have to make better in-game decisions if they want to win some of these close games too. No, there's no doubt about that. There was a lot of uh, there's a lot of things that happened during games that made you scratch your head. Um, yeah, and that could have could have gone the other way. And so maybe that was a deal of just first year, a lot going on. You know, not not maybe in the best frame of mind during games. Maybe he'll have more clarity in terms yeah. of here in the game and the kind of decisions he's going to make. And um, you know, you know maybe, there was something maybe he trusts, there, maybe he trusts yeah. Schmetting and he saw more, and, and so he doesn't. Maybe maybe last year was a little hesitant with Mason and Bubba. Yeah. Like I, they're good, but I don't know him. Should I? You know, who knows? Yeah, you know, there was something else that happened in in so many of our games that I noticed um, almost the whole year that really put the offense behind um, um, in field position and really hurt this team more than I think we probably even discussed. But I think I on, special, on special teams, on kickoff return, yeah. we had we had an, an inordinate amount of penalties. I mean, yeah. it, I've never seen a kickoff return team have really good returns that would be pulled back for holding or, you know, blocked below the waist or, or whatever the infraction was. To the point that I almost think Coach Harson felt like, man, they're they're like, like th- these officials are out to like get me for so, like they they've honed in on this for some reason on just our unit because I don't remember that ever happening to uh, to any of the teams we played on their kickoff return team. And then you start every drive from behind the eight ball. I mean that's an offensive possession you take away from just about every game. And so the penalties yeah. are going to have to get better too. Yeah, and that's that. Was, see, you started saying that. And I was thinking, where are you going? And then it hit me. I was like, yeah, they did have a lot of penalties on uh, had a bunch. on kickoff returns. Um, special teams should be pretty good this year. Oscar Chapman at punter, Anders Carlson coming back, and and then of course uh, McPherson, the the freshman kicker. We'll see if they split up duties, um, kicking off and field goals. But special teams should be pretty good. Um, got some guys that I think they can put back there at punt returner to make plays. Maybe it's Jabaros Johnson, somebody like that. And, um, you've got some speed at kickoff returns. The special teams should should be fine as long as they don't keep committing um, committing those uh, those penalties. Um, no doubt. Well, I think uh, just kind of tell people like so. We'll get into fall camp. We got I guess the first game um, a month away, um, and so we're we're, we're going to do these every week. Um, so for those that are that are new to this, Rob has been writing for us all last year. Wrote the column. He's going to start joining uh, the, the show once a week, and we'll be talking. Uh, sometime middle of the week, we'll be sort of recapping the game that was talking about talk, talking about the game that's coming up, and then of course Rob will write his column on Fridays. We'll put it up where he's just previewing the game. It's always a really really good read from a perspective of a player that's um, it, you just you, you can't you can't get it unless you played and played in the SEC. You don't understand the perspective um, that Rob brings. So that's going to be um, that's going to be awesome. But uh, I guess what are your what are your sort of um, I guess final thoughts as we get 
fall camp here rolling. Um, is there uh, is there anything that you don't want to read? You want to read like what's what's the thing that if you if you see it, you're just going to be more excited, less excited. Um, what are just kind of your final uh, thoughts? You know, I, I'm obviously we talked about injuries. We can't can't have that. Um, don't need any distractions, whether that be um, something the administration does or doesn't do, whether that's uh, a player that wants to transfer. Um, you know, you just need good continuity. You need everybody pulling in the same direction. And, um, you know, you don't want to have to fight those battles um, inside your locker room and, and uh, even for the coaching staff out in the media. Um, you know, I, I hope that um, we see uh, a quarterback rise up quickly and take the reins. Um, I don't think that you want to enter the first game still kind of searching for your guy. Um, you want uh, you want it to be obvious and go ahead and build your offense and your game plan and your structure uh, around that guy. And uh, he's the most important link that you've got, and your team's going to rise and fall with him. So um, go ahead and get that established and, and let everybody know and, and, and work that out. And, and then everything else is just effort, attitude, and, uh, you know, hopefully that they can – um, get some get some uh, recruiting momentum, uh, and and I do think that uh, that that will pick up. They, they're not going to be ranked the last team in the conference when when they have a full class. I mean, but but again, like I said, I do think that they look at uh, at the transfer portal a, a little different and, and value it, uh, maybe to a degree that makes us uncomfortable because of what that looks like when we start uh, um, comparing our classes with some of the others, but. It's just all about roster management. And in this day and age where kids leave at, a, at the drop of a hat, um, you know, it's you, you just never know. So I think they've done a good job of piecing things together year by year to, to have a, a productive, uh, to have a chance to have a really good team. And, uh, you know, they had that last year and didn't finish it. We'll see if uh, they can rectify that this year. Yeah, it's going to be a – a fun and fascinating fall camp in, in, in one of the more fascinating, I think, Auburn football seasons um, in quite a, in quite a while. I think, I think the impact of the season college football wise, I think Auburn and what Brian Harson does this year um, is just, it's one of the bigger stories in college football, I, I think. Um, and so, cause it could just go a lot of different directions for a lot of different reasons. So we'll see how it, how it sort of plays out. All right, Rob, appreciate it, man. Um, everybody go to auburnlive.com, subscribe one year, $1 right now. I didn't make that decision. Wow. On three made that decision. That is stealing. And I don't know how much longer they're going to do it. But with fall camp starting, if you don't go sign up for $1 for a year, then I don't I don't know what to tell you. Um, you are an incredibly uh, stingy person when it comes to money. It's a dollar. I'll pay it. If you just are just like, golly, I'll pay it. Um, I will do it. Uh, AuburnLive.com, go subscribe. We'll be doing this every week. And then once the season gets going, uh, Pate's perspective column will get rolling. We'll come back in a week. Auburn camp will be going. Let's see, by the time we talk next time, they will have practiced probably three or four times. Um, and they'll probably be in pads for a day or two or something by the time we talk again. So it's uh, it's here, and here we go. And it's going to be a really, uh, really interesting and exciting fall camp. Appreciate everybody joining us. AuburnLive.com. Go subscribe to the YouTube page as well where you're finding this. Make sure you subscribe so when we put new videos up. You see it, and you're notified of it. And uh, we'll catch you again in a week. See ya.